Hey, just wanted to offer you a chance to get to the Resonate conference that's sold out that's coming up in May. It's May 15th and 16th in Atlanta. I bought an extra ticket, and I'm going to give it away to someone who subscribes to my newsletter. Yes, you're going to have to subscribe. You can text the word RESONATE to 44222, the word RESONATE to 44222. It's going to ask you for your email, and that's what it's going to take to get entered into the drawing. It's one ticket. I paid for it personally. Um, You get to hang out with me. It is Monday the 14th. It includes a cocktail party. It includes lunch both on Tuesday and Wednesday, and it includes an incredible dinner Tuesday night. And I just can't wait because I think it's one of the best conferences. What I I described it last year, because a bunch of people asked me, hey, what was it like? Very technical, and the attendees were younger. Now, I'm an old dude. And compared to that, they were definitely younger, but they were so technical. Uh, One of the guys I was talking to was selling on 16 different channels. The details and the intimacy, because you're so close to the speakers, you get to talk to them, you get to ask and go deeper. And it's just really, really a valuable conference put on by Seller Labs. Yes, they're one of my sponsors of the show, but I bought the ticket. So, you know, to be fair, um, it is sold out. They didn't give it to me. But I want to help them because I think it helps you. And so for me, um, to get a chance to see Ezra Firestone speak, I've not seen him speak personally, face-to-face. I'm dying. Brett Bartlett. Uh, when you see James Thompson um, from Prosper Show, Peter Kearns, um, they've got this uh, expert coming in who's doing uh, talking about Instagram, and she is talking about Instagram um influencers and how to use them for your products. I mean, this is really, really intense stuff. It's it's held in an amazing place. This was a new venue in Atlanta. So you're responsible for your own hotel, your own flight, your own transportation to the event, but the ticket itself is paid for. I paid for it because I'd like to hang out with you. So if you're interested in it, all you have to do is text RESONATE to 44222 and it'll ask you for your email. That's the cost. And you're going to get subscribed to my newsletter, which I think is a valuable newsletter. But then again, maybe I'm biased. But if you want to come and hang out with me in Atlanta, it's going to be in May, coming up quick. So I'll probably choose the uh, the person pretty quickly. So any questions, just send me a note at Stephen at ecommercemomentum.com, Stephen at ecommercemomentum.com. Welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast, where we focus on the people, the products, and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Stephen Peterson. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. This is episode 292, Barbara Boshin. Barbara was uh, back episode 104. So if you want to go hear her backstory, 104 is a great place to go and listen. And it's a cool story. A lot of people will relate corporate America coming out of that and then, you know, kind of starting over again and trying to figure it out. And even in this episode, we get into a bunch of that because I think it's so cool when you look back and you start looking at the signs and you look and you see that it's coming, you know, either by your choice or their choice. And I think it's cool that you get there. Uh, the key is not to get there too fast. Put it off as long as you can. And if you can kind of not take advantage of it, but if you can make it the best for both of you, you all win. And I think Barbara's a good example of that. The thing that I take away from this conversation, and you'll see it in the headline, uh, the title, is using variations. And variations, you're like, oh, big deal, Steve. You know, we do that all the time. No, not just variations of products. How about variations of channels? How about variations of vendors? That's where Barbara gets me into this conversation, and it was like, wow. I mean, really deep, 
when we start thinking of the possibility of taking advantage of all those different things with a few products, because that's really a lot of stuff when you build it out. And it's a great conversation. Let's get into the podcast. All right. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. Very excited to have my guest back from episode 104. That blows me away. That was two years ago. Yeah. Almost two years ago. Is that incredible? That is amazing. I, I did not, I thought it was, uh, we see each other so much. And I thought, oh yeah, it's been recent. And then I look back and it's now 104, back from June of 2016. And back then we were talking about this, I, you know, I guess it was relatively new platform, new to most of us, Jet. And you yes. were the queen of Jet. That was your thing. <laughs> you the were, Jet girl. Yeah, you were the Jet girl. You were on it early. You were definitely an early adopter and, and it seemed... What was it that made it so attractive to you? Because there's so many other things you can do. Why Jet? Well, I think at the time um, we were looking um, to get some diversification. And that's like my new nickname now. I'm the Lady O Diversification. Um, Where we're trying to find another platform that looks worth the effort. Like what had legs um, Hmm. at that time? I mean, eBay was there, but there were a lot of other um, smaller platforms and which one was going to have any chance of taking on Amazon. And they had such a good story, um, with, uh, you know, they, Walmart ultimately bought them for $3.3 billion and they had all this good, um, platform technology. And we really felt like, you know, these guys are going to, they're going to get there. And, and quite honestly, that's why Walmart bought them, right? Is the leadership and the technology, right? That's what they wanted, yeah. right? They want, yeah, they basically wanted to buy Mark Lore. And and that's a he's worth a pretty bu- pretty good buck. And so the the premise of Jet is pretty low prices for most merchandise, right? Or is it specific merchandise? I'm not as clear. Um, well, they're trying, to do, they're trying to do the best price thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're also trying to do, so I think what's like the most compelling thing for me as a seller with Jet is their ability to tee up and cross sell. So hmm. n- very, my average selling price on Amazon is like $25. Um, but on Jet, I can do a $300 order pretty regularly, even a 50 or a $100 order, because what they're doing is they're saying if you buy one, you know, it's this price. If you buy two, it's a little bit of a discount. If you buy three, it's a little bit of a discount. Um, if you get this other product, we'll take another discount out. Oh, and by the way, did you know it came in this color? And you're like, okay, by the time you're done, your basket is just getting more and more full. It's something that I struggle with every day when I, I look at my Amazon sales as to why they don't do this kind of dynamic pricing engine. I mean, obviously, they've got a lot of technology to change to be that um, dynamic, you know, and, and that fleet of foot. But it just frustrates me because I'm like, it's so nice to have these very large orders of multiple units and multiple products. And yet I go on Amazon and I just don't have so many. You know, I think well, the statistic is 1.1 units per order on Amazon to one and a half on on Jet. And, and when you multiply it by the millions of transactions a day, right, you know, mm-hmm. tens of millions probably. So, so walk me through that. So what, give me an example. Is it a bag of potato chips? Is that, a, is that an mm-hmm. example? Because on Amazon, you would have a single unit or you can have multiple, you know, bundles, right? Uh, right. Two, two pack, a four pack, a eight pack or whatever. On Jed, it's one. Or if you buy a second bag of chips, it gets how much cheaper? It depends on, I mean, there's a lot of things going on behind the scenes. Um, For one, Jet will use 
you pay 15% commission on, on Jet or on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Jet uses 10 points of that to drive their prices down. So, whoa, 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 whoa. So they're, <laughs> they're willing to give up 10 points to mm -hmm. lower. So they're taking the same 15, but they'll discount. So I was going to ask you, so if somebody buys that second bag of potato chips, do I get do I have to pay in that discount, me as a seller? You're saying no? Not, well, you're paying for it out of your commission, but no, you don't. But um, it's still the flat 15%. It's not an additional commission on top of it. No, it's still the flat 15. And in fact, on grocery, it's only 8%. So the, the chips sell for $10 and they take 8%. The chips sell for $9, they take 8%. Is that how it yes. works? Okay. Mm -hmm. It's not off yeah. the original 10. They discounted it a dollar. So you actually get a little bit of a benefit there. Right, exactly. Oh. And then you can actually offer them incentives as well that if someone buys, um, and it's like a really inverted way to look at the buy box, but what you're trying to do as a seller is give Jet additional tools besides using your commission to get people to put more in the basket. And they don't have any, they don't have any PPC, they don't have anything like that, but what they have is you can say, all right, if you buy two bags of chips from me, I'll give you another 2% off. If you buy, if the order gets to $100, I'll give you another percent off. If you waive your right to return, I'll give you another percent off. And you know, and we're Whoa. talking like 1%, one and a half. We're not talking big numbers on a $100 order. You might say, I'll give you a dollar off or $2 off. And that, you know, your margin can certainly sustain that um, if you're getting multiple units in there. And, you know, another thing they'll do is if you use a debit card. So they've got all these different tools. Um, if you're a merchant fulfilled vendor, you can even use your locational, right? Because if you're in New Jersey and you're shipping to New York, you can charge less for that order than if you're shipping to California. Hmm. So all these little things, all these little levers that you can put in there to sort of win the buy box and then also get more units for sale. Now, I did see a chart recently. And so, you know, recent for me, I'm getting older, so it's all relative, right? <laughs> um, it's true. I mean, it's like, I remember back when we walk up hills both ways. But it was, I was thinking about this where it was uh, the um, the marketplace out there. It's like 80 or 85% Amazon. And okay. then number two was Jet, I believe. And then nothing. There was like nothingness. There was nobody else. There really was. I think maybe eBay was in there, but I mean, it was really mm -hmm. nothing, maybe 80, 85%. Uh, where is, I mean, do you have different numbers than that? Do you remember anything? Cause this was um, recent. Yeah, I, I think you're probably got to throw Walmart in there. Um, for sure. They've got, if you want to call that Walmart jet, maybe if you want yeah, to look at it that yeah, way, yeah, yeah. I think that um, makes sense. I think eBay's very strong too. I mean, obviously nothing is as strong as Amazon. And so two points on that. Um, one e-commerce itself is small compared to general commerce, right? So that whole number, all that 85% and everything is really only, I think some, I heard at a conference recently, 10% of all commerce is, is e-commerce. So that means like there's 90% out there that a large portion of which will ultimately migrate into the e-commerce space. So, you know, the growth is huge. Um, one of the things I ask everybody when I speak is, do they think that the average listing on Amazon is good? And, and most people will say no, because really, if you think about where, that can evolve to, you know, the listings are just going to get more complex. They're going to have more and more um, depths, et cetera. And that'll be across all the marketplaces. Um, and what's interesting, um, back to the original question, I sort of digress there, sorry, um, is that, yeah, so 
most of commerce is not e-commerce. And secondly, um, while Amazon is hugely dominant, um, that may not be the case in five years, right? Well, it's You've likely not going to be the case. It's Something's right. going to change today, right? <laughs> and tomorrow, something new will change. Something. So yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah, you've got, so who is going to be taking a little bit of their lunch? Is it Alibaba? I don't know. Is it the social media? Is it Walmart? There's all these different players. And, you know, I guess from my perspective as, uh, well, a software vendor and a seller, but as my perspective is that I want to have my feet in a lot of different places. So I'm well positioned to leap forward uh, as those things start to transpire. Well, that that was Gary's advice to me, Gary V's advice. You know, mm -hmm. I'm dropping a name like like I know him. <laughs> I don't know him, but I was sat in a room with him, and I asked that question. Like, how do I know what the next channel is? Like my big question, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, "Listen, eBay guy or whatever he called me. I he literally called me that. He's like, you got to be on them all. You know, you've got to be on them all. However, now I sit back and I think, do you put that much energy and effort into all these small little things? When, quite frankly, the the risk reward, right? The even the mm -hmm. upside is just not going to be very good. So, what you're saying, though, now that Jet and Walmart have merged in some way or merging, combined, right? If mm -hmm. they're, you know, because it sounds like eventually they're, they're, there's going to have to be some way that they take advantage of each other completely, right? And so, you know, if they each have two percent, now all of a sudden they have four percent, and so they are the next dominant player. Right. And so you're saying, hey, if you're going to bet on a horse, you know, bet on eBay and then bet on Walmart jet. Right. But, you know, I say that on one side of my mouth. On the other side of my mouth, um, if you want to buy a beauty product and you go to Amazon, there's tons and tons of stuff and it's really not well done. If I go to Sephora or Ulta, it's really well really done. Well and done. a lot of those mm. niche sites, whether it's for automotive parts or beauty products or whatever your specific interest in are exceptionally well done, which is why I always ask when I speak, like, do you think an Amazon listing is a good listing by and large? And, you know, when you compare it to some of those spaces that are much more unified and codified, no, they're horrible. And, you know, the thing is, is that I don't know what's going to be next. So all I know is I've got to find a way, an efficient way to take the work that I've done in sourcing and building um, a good listing or optimization in advertising, all these things that I've done at, you know, step one, say for Amazon, because that is the big kahuna. Um, and I've got to take, find an efficient way to leverage all that know-how and all that knowledge and all that work, my processes, my warehouse into other channels, simply, easily with very minimal effort. And the way to do that has to be um, by finding, you know, leveraging other people's tools, VAs, using software to um, re-disseminate the information, just find a way. Because you're right, you can't be everywhere if it takes as much time as the first time. Yeah, and and do you how how long do you give it? That that's a kind of a challenge for you. Um, yeah. You've been selling now on Jet now for uh, well since uh, last time you and I talked about this was in 2016. You're still selling there, correct? Yep. Mm -hmm. What has happened to your sales since you started? Well, they've, um, excuse me, I got a cough. <coughs> um, sorry about that. No worries. Uh, I've gotten, I've had a cold, I feel like I've had a cold well, since January 1. Nothing personal, thank goodness we're not in person. Nothing yeah. personal. <laughs> <laughs> I've had some cold or another. But, um, so what Jet has done is evolved, I think, to some degree. 
Um, there's still startup like, you know, there's still um, issues to overcome. You know, some of my stuff gets listed and it takes too long for it to get approved. So we've got to get, um, you know, once a month, my VA contacts them and says, can you review these listings? They go, oh, yeah, and they push a few over or whatever if we have to do that. Maybe once a quarter we do that. Um, and I think when I was first started using it, it was like a sale a week. Um, but now between Jet and Walmart, we're doing about 10% of what we do on Amazon so it's worth it to me to keep putting that investment in for, as a seller to keep building my listings and keep working on um, that that platform. Not that we do a lot of work. Mostly my VA does all the, all the listing and everything. Um, but what I've seen in Jet is where they're going. So, you know, backing back to the software side is they've basically drawn a line in the sand and said, we're going to start to urbanize. We're going to be... Uh, millennial, cutting edge, you know, one thing Amazon doesn't have is a Nordstrom section, right? There's no, you know, you're looking at a $300 beauty product next to a $20 beauty product. And they're the same kind of product, but you know that the ingredients, you know, one of them's, um, Well, you quite know, frankly, on Amazon, you're right? going gonna to have to work hard to find that $300 item because it's going to be, the velocity is going to be with the really low priced products. Right. So it's going to be way That's down true. the list. <laughs> Yeah, so if you try when you look for a specific brand, it could just as easily be next to, you know, junk. And you wouldn't see that in a real retail store. In a retail store, things mm. are very organized and set up. Um, and what they don't have is a way to be that Nordstrom piece. Um, they have luxury beauty, but again, lumped in right with everything else. So what Walmart has said Jet is going to be is this urban, millennial, cutting edge, or, you know, organic, vegan, and they're doing a lot of things that, you know, a couple of things are going to launch in a few weeks on there um, that take that space and really develop it. Um, and Walmart will be Walmart. Walmart will be the, the Amazon of the Walmart jet world, but jet will be more specific and more of a, and it's not really high end, but cutting edge, more mm -hmm. edgy. So that's that's what we're because I'm not to going now. to Walmart looking for cutting edge or edgy. I mean, that's just never going to happen. Right. That's just right. that stigma is there and it's never going to it's never going to um, uh, go away at the, it, and not in our lifetime. But you're saying yeah. Jet can can place themselves in that position. That's interesting. And yeah. so will will Jet fuel then? Well, will they push off the stuff uh, to uh, to Walmart, the stuff that's not edgy and pushy enough? They did, in fact, just do that very same oh, thing. Okay. Um, I'm I can't say for sure because I haven't tested this, but I'm pretty sure there are no fidget spinners on Jet right now. Interesting. So they really are paying more attention to what gets. Yeah, I use Poshmark. I'm selling a little bit on Poshmark right now, and it's like you could see that there's was all high end stuff, mm -hmm. and you can see it's starting to get pushed down. You know, and it's like the quality is definitely going down. It'll be interesting to see if they try to tighten that back up. Because otherwise they become, they risk becoming an eBay or a Walmart, right? A kind right. of a, a general. Hmm. All right. So you didn't answer my question though, I don't think. I'm oh, going to hold you back on this one because I know somebody's <laughs> okay. going to say that to me. They're going to be like, wait, she didn't say. So I know you mentioned that you're up to 10% of your sales, but how is your jet sales versus 2016 specific? Are they flat? Oh, well, are they up? Or are they? I would say that they are flat. Okay. I would not say that they have grown. A lot of our growth we're seeing is coming from the Walmart side. Oh, interesting. Um, as we put more and more merchant fulfilled things over there. So that's really a function of my ability to put processes in place in our business 
to um, like we do mostly FBA. Um, but as the FBA fees are getting higher, as I'm seeing, seeing more and more problems with them doing fulfillment and in the warehouse losing stuff and then telling me they didn't lose it, which drives me insane. It's like, no, it's not and, there. And anymore. they're not allowing you to really do a lot of other fulfillment for other brands, right? You can't have Amazon fulfill for Walmart, right? Right. You right. can for Jet, but not for Walmart. Right, right. So those things change too. So that's fair. Okay. All right. So you're yeah. saying that you've, you've not grown on jet because you're not focusing on it because you're trying to build out the Walmart side because quite honestly that's where the opportunity is yeah I think for for me jet is still just as strong because of the kind of products that I sell which tend to be more uh expensive products so I don't have anything really under twenty dollars um more or less maybe a few soaps or lotions but um so a lot of what I'm doing on there is still consistent with having multiple units multiple you know they get it. They get the um, show, the soap and lotion and the shower gel because it's all in the same scent and they love it. So they go, yeah, let me get two of those. Those are hard to find. So that kind of thing. Um, whereas on Walmart, I'm expanding more of the commodity type goods. Now, the software that you, that you have is called what? Co-merchant. Co-merchant. And co-merchant, um, you have a partner, uh, Brian. Adam Brian. Very nice guy. Um, I met him yeah. a couple different times. And so... Together, you guys created this to solve your problems? Um, that was, yeah, the, the backstory is we both got suspended on Amazon within a week of each other. And <laughs> we both funny. worked in, it, well, it wasn't that funny. No, no, it's just uh, funny. <laughs> it's funny that that's what causes you, the pain that causes you oh, to yeah. take action. Isn't it really, isn't it? The birthing process, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, we both had worked in corporate America together in a couple of jobs. And then I had, he used to see me go shopping at lunchtime. And one time he said, he goes, I know this sounds kind of sexist, but, um, doesn't your husband get really angry that you shop every day? Like, how do you handle that? I would be so upset if my wife spent you know, like every lunch hour shopping. And I was like, no, he kind of likes it because it pays for our ski vacation and it pays for the kids class, you know, karate classes and things like that. And, oh, so a monster was born. And the next thing I you know, he's going to lunch with me and he's learning about how to do keywording and listing and all that kind of stuff. Um, then I got laid off or I knew I was going to get laid off in about 18 months. Um, there's a little bit more of a backstory that will let go as to why I wanted to leave corporate America. But, you know, I think we got to that in 104, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah, 80 hours a week, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I was planning to leave. So I left a year after that, he was getting laid off and he thought, you know what, I'm going to give this a shot. I'm doing pretty good as a side job. You're doing really well full time. Um, so he went full time. And then a year after that, we both got suspended within a week of each other. <laughs> and we're like, what did we what do? The, what is going on with us, man? Oh man. Yeah. So, so, all right. So wait, so you both get laid off or you leave the company and then you both go on Amazon and you both get suspended. So you say, Hey, this relationship's working really well. Let's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's start a business together. Hmm. Let's get in even hmm. deeper. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, but yeah. you know what? There's something to be said for that. You knew him, you knew you, you known quantities. That's so hard to know how people are going to be when you walk, right. work with somebody that closely for that long, you get to see them over time. And that, that's a fair, that's, that's the right person to partner with. Yeah, I could, you know, I knew he was pretty steady and um, was, you know, but of course, you know, we both had a moment and I thought, well, he's going to run back to corporate. No, no way. See, you know, and I was like, I just can't. I just can't go back. I got to I got to solve for this. And thankfully, Cynthia Stein said, don't worry about it. I'll fix it. I was like, OK, I'm going to put my trust in you and I'm going to move on. 
And now I need to know about how I'm going to diversify and how I'm going to solve for this. Um, you know, first thing was I can't just be on Amazon. I've got to have another plan. Um, I can't do RA anymore um, entirely because I've got to have safer. Well, it was taking so much time. Yeah. Well, let's pause there a second because what you hear people say, hey, wait, Barbara, you only shopping two or three hours a day. Imagine now you're going to be able to shop for eight or 10 hours a day. Your business is going to explode. You're going to go three or four times the amount. Right. And that did happen. I had 15 people shopping for me when I got suspended. So but that was huge. But it comes with risk. It comes. I think RA has a certain amount of risk. It has a amount of risk in process um, because you're doing not a case of something which might have 20, you know, 12, 24 items. You're doing 24 different items. So every time you print a label, is it that label that goes with that or is it a different label that I ship the wrong thing? That's a really nominal mistake um, or issue, and it can solve for that with better process. But what happens when somebody puts a hat inside a TJ Maxx purchased backpack and you ship, you've got the price tags off, but inside there's a hat that has a TJ Maxx sticker on it? Or what happens when it's just, just the control and, the, and, and more than anything else, really the scale isn't there I know there are some people doing RA. I mean, we, we were doing high six figures in RA. Um, well, I know uh, people doing millions, but they are outliers. I think they do yeah. millions in wholesale, privately. I don't care what they do. They're just outliers. They're, they're just, they're outliers. I mean, it's so feasible to do it in wholesale. I think it's possible. Obviously it is because there are people who are doing it. Yep. But the issues that come along with that in order to scale, how many, you know, like how much time um, a good friend of mine was getting, we'd go on conference and she'd have six or seven um, issues a week with counterfeit. And, right. it, you know, it's just crazy. Well, even so. those people do look to see if there's another way. They all say it, you know, that's unfortunate. It's a an addictive uh, thing because, you know, let's face it, the fast turn of the money, it's quick. Uh -huh. You're able to and very quickly get your money and it's, it's uh, taking advantage of market conditions and stuff. However, even they get tired. So I think it's a yeah. fair statement. I think everybody can relate to that. Yeah. So by the end of that, by that end of that year, we were 60% wholesale. A year later, we were like 99% wholesale. And then wholesale has its own issues because if I can buy six cases, so can the next guy and the next guy. And I'm only as good as my last buy is safe before it gets encroached on. Well, the only thing you have to compete is price, period. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's it. We're selling the same thing. We're both selling case of Coke, um, uh, Pepsi. Right. Uh, so we're selling the same thing. The only thing I can do better than you is offer a better price, period. Mm -hmm. That's it. Or I can go back to the manufacturer, which is where we since evolved and say, all right, you've got Coke Cherry, you've got Coke uh, Regular, you've got Diet Coke. Can I have Lime Coke? Only for me, though. Mm. I want Lemon Lime Coke only for me. So and this is relative. So you're describing not even a white label. You're saying make me my special batch. Yeah, with your brand and all your particulars on it, um, just for me. So isn't that the same thing that when you go to Walmart and you see Walmart exclusive? Right? Exactly. That's exactly what they're doing, right? They're going to Star Wars and saying, hey, this Luke Skywalker, make us one with a red shirt because nobody else has it and we'll buy them from you, right? And then exactly. when you're one of those wackos who has to have it, you're going to Walmart to get that exclusive. And so what you're describing is that same thing. But aren't you, don't you have to be a multi-million dollar seller? Don't you have to buy millions of dollars to be able to get that to happen for you? 
No. <laughs> you might have to buy a thousand units, but you don't have to buy, make huge, huge things. Um, in fact, one of the things when I, when I'm talking to people and they're like, oh, you do private label. I so want to get into that. And I'm like, well, what do you do now? Wholesale. I'm like, you know, there's a difference in the mentality between a wholesale and a private label and the person and, or, or entrepreneur and how they look at things. When you do a wholesale, you're buying cases, you know, maybe you get really big and you buy pallets, but you're buying, maybe you're buying three, four cases of something at a time. And you're talking like 50 items. If the bottom falls out of 50 items, eh, all right, um, it's not going to break me. But when you get to private label and now you start to have a certain volume of something, it's amazing how differently you start looking at that. That bottom cannot fall out. That product cannot go be damaged. I'm going to learn how to do like a thousand different things to enhance that and really market it. So I'll tell a wholesale person, I was like, talk to your wholesaler vendors. They've, you don't want to take on this huge risk of learning how to market at another level or a different, you know, maybe it's a different way of marketing. It's all marketing. Um, why don't you see if you can get something from them where you don't have to build a brand, where you don't have to build, you know, get a variation. You've already got a brand on Amazon from them. You've already got three other products selling well that you can attach to. Yeah, you're going to have to take volume from them, maybe a thousand units in order for them to get them, uh, maybe even 2000 units for them to satisfy the factories, but you're not going to be coming from ground zero. You're going to be coming, you're going to be already three, four steps, maybe even a whole flight of them above where you would if you started with your own product and you've already got a proven entity. So, you know, try that first. Oh, I love it. So you're, you know, it's funny as I sit here and I always try to write my, uh, the headline for the episode title, you know, and I always think about things and, and what you're describing is basically you're back to that same thing you were doing with jet, right? You're using variations of products and platforms. I mean, it's really yeah. the same thing, right? You're saying the same thing. Um, take exactly. it right. And to me, that's a <laughs> pretty smart. All right. So, so going back to them and, and you've had some success with that, right? So that's, yeah. that's something somebody's going to be like, Whoa, wait, I'm intimidated to go and talk to a vendor. But when you develop these relationships, it's one of the reasons I love going to trade shows because you now get relationships, right? Yeah. You're now dealing on a smaller scale. And, and quite frankly, when you're starting out, these are the places that you can have these conversations. Mm -hmm. It's hard to go into Mattel and say, all right, fellas, I'm here. It's new Barbie time. I want you to make mm -hmm. Steve's Barbie. They're never going to let even in the door, right? That you're not getting past the receptionist. But if I'm coming to you and you make magnifying glasses. I don't know why this is on my desk. And I say, Hey, I've got this, I want to go a peanut shaped one or something really cool, right. you know, whatever those discussions happen because when they order, if you can buy their whole order, right, they have a minimum order they need to place if they're manufacturing it overseas, right. Or mm -hmm. their own, if they're tooling, whatever they got to do. And so if you can commit to that whole purchase, there's surely, I think of a company, Inesco, right. Have you ever bought from Inesco? I have a really good relationship with their now ex-sister company, Gund. Okay. Um, so I used to buy from buy all that junk. And they would be like, oh, Steve, you know, hey, if you're willing to do a run, we'll bring them back. We're sold out of that product. If you mm -hmm. want to do it, you'll be the only one selling it. But you got to buy, you know, a container load or two container loads. And, and wow. so that is, um, I didn't do it, but that is <laughs> what you can do um, to have those. They're a company that looks for that. They'll bring mm -hmm. them back. At, they're sold out of... 
I don't know what the cat in the hat dolls. Okay, mm-hmm. we'll bring them back into production, but you got to commit to buy a ball. And right. uh, so that's intimidating at that higher level. But on a smaller scale, you know, what's the minimum order quantity? Well, maybe it's only a couple hundred units. Have you ever mm-hmm. had success with small units like that? Um, I have one vendor who'll do one unit for me. No kidding. He'll private label one unit for me. Um, as far as I know, we call his brand brand exclusive. I think you would call this. Um, the smallest, I think we've been able to do, um, probably about 500. Okay. So 500, it's not that intimidating. Yeah. And if you're coming off a strong RA business and you want to get, or a strong wholesale business, it's not that big a step. And and a lot of times what happens is the company does 10, like you were saying, I'll bring this back. They'll do like 10,000 units to satisfy their network. The factory doesn't need that many. The factory may only need 1500 units to satisfy their run. Like we have to have whatever their math is. We have to have this many people online and this many hours of time for this specific product, for this much material, blah, blah, blah. Um, So we need to make this item. So they may say, well, you have to order 15 to 1800. If it's a bigger item, maybe you order less. If it's a smaller item, you have to order more. But there's some kind of math that goes for the factory that's different than what a company like a Nesco or something needs to satisfy the entire network of salespeople and stores and all that kind of thing. So they may actually cancel something um, because it's fallen below the demand for that network level, but it's still huge. And, you know, it could be huge on Amazon because you're buying six months to a year supply at a time that with work can get down to, I think the, the first couple we have now, they're down to with keywording and, you know, improving the listing and advertising to it takes a factory four months to make a run for us. And that's about where we are. It ships, it gets here. We say, uh, make another run. We'll see you in four months. So you can really develop these things. And, and you just talk to the vendor and you say, I'm really having a hard time, you know, and this could lead to other things too, but I'm really having a hard time because when I'm trying to sell this product, my only differentiator is price, and I don't want to do that to your brand. Right. That's a that's a protective conversation. You know, sitting here thinking about it, there are two really important things to remember. You're going to be able to capitalize on the brand's recognition. So assuming that that brand is selling on Amazon currently, right, mm-hmm. another one of their products, right, you bring another Lego product, a good example, bad, bad, never going to happen, but yeah. you bring your own <laughs> Lego product out from Lego exclusive, you're going to benefit from Lego because people are searching for Lego. And so therefore, when you're the only seller, then you also benefit because you're able to hold the price. The other thing I think that happens too is if you can demonstrate that this works, that salesperson, that owner, whoever that is, is going to say, hey, do you have any more ideas? Because they need to make money. They need to find SKUs that they can get paid for that sell. Right. And so Mm -hmm. if you're starting to help them figure this e-commerce thing, maybe it's going to catch on, you know, (laughs) that might catch on yet, that (laughs) e-commerce world. But it's true. And so that benefit, that relationship that you have um, of of developing that, you're a proven known quantity as more things come along. Those opportunities keep finding. Have you been able to go back to a vendor to get another deal from for another product? Uh, Yeah, that's pretty you, you hit it in the nail right on the head. It's that's basically what's happened is we've done one, and then we did, I think the first time we did it, we did three, um, because I thought, oh, I can't pass this up, this is huge. Um, And then we went back again and did three more and three more, and I think we're at where I feel comfortable. Again, I think we had about 10 properties with them, and I'm I'm done. 
Now I need to go to a different company because what happens if they change their strategy right. or the direction? Or they get sold or, or they get sold. The owner or, dies. Yeah. And, you know, you never know. Or they um, like a couple of our things are licensed. What if the license uh, license or pulls back a license? You know, again, back to diversification. Um, one of the interesting things I Variation. noted is that. It, yeah, it, it definitely. Um, one of the interesting things I noticed with that is one of the products I bought, was, there were two sister products already. So I said, all right, can I have it in another color? Um, realizing that I was going to have to price that color probably 6 to $7 more than the other two colors. And freaking out a little bit, you know, like sometimes I make decisions and I'll say to my husband, like, I don't know if that was the best one. Um, but you know, 90% of it's right, but that other 10% is nagging at me. So that was the issue that I had with that. And I thought, well, you know, the other two listings aren't that great. Like, can I put the um. third variation in with about six pictures and much better description? And the funny thing is in that instance, cause I thought, well, you know what, the worst, worst, you know what, the other ones will be ranked say 10,000 in toys and mine will be 20,000. Still a good little little item, good little business. 20,000 toys, great. Turns out that because it's so optimized and it's such a great listing, we're selling that one for $22 and it has a better rank than the other two. Hmm. Did you add on to the other two listings? Is it one listing with all three as a variation? It was initially until my listing picked up enough and then I separated it back okay. out. So then you're back out. But so you, you were able to take advantage of it and, and build it up and then hmm, proof of concept. And what would have happened if it didn't work? You could have dropped your price down to them, maybe mm -hmm. not broke even, worst case, and you move on. Okay. Yeah. Next yeah. lesson. Next lesson. Exactly. And my bet is that this stuff gets easier. The more times you do it, the more confident you are. And then, you know, you lead on conversations. When you do go to these trade shows or you meet these people, mm -hmm. you now get to say, here's what I did. This didn't work. Here's what I did. This did work. Here's what I want to do with you. And that right. conversation, I mean, think about it from their perspective. Who do I want to work with? Somebody who's done it or somebody who's just talking about doing it? So very, very cool. Oh, yeah. Really now fun. let's take the variation a step further. So now you take that third purple unit that you made and now you're selling it on Jet and Walmart, correct? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm leveraging that, that, that whole experience, that whole, the, all the, you know, the warehousing of it, the listing, the whole thing, everything you like. Think about anything you do in it. Like, have you ever lost a file and you're like, oh, I can't believe I can't find this file. I can't. But when you remake it, it goes so much faster. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, you know, it's faster the second time, the third, you know, the, so no problem. Um, and that's what I see when we take these items. Now we're going to put them other places and not all the components like Walmart and Jet don't have any PPC. So it's a real pain in the neck. I can't apply that, but I can apply the good listing that works everywhere. So if I have a good listing with good keywords, that's going to come in no matter what. Um, and, you know, and then I'm taking a product and, and think about it in another way. I've got 1,200, 1,500, 1,800 units of something. I've got to diversify. It's got to be everywhere there is a customer. Hmm. It's the number one rule in retail. How do you sell more? Be there when they want, be there with what they want when they want it. You know, I'm just sitting here thinking about that, what you said about listing quality. Same issue on any platform, really, isn't there? Mm -hmm. Hmm. I don't think about it because I'm not selling on Jet, and I'm just sitting here thinking, you know, the best listing must win, right? It's not only price. It's 
that customer types in what they're looking for and you match that, you get found, right? It right. doesn't have to be price because um, they're not only price driven, right? They're, they're figuring well, out what the customer is looking for. Yeah. And you're not only buying something as a customer that you, you can't see it. I mean, you can see it, but you can't actually really see it. You can't touch it. If it's something you're, I mean, I'm amazed. I sell so much soap, but nobody can smell it. Hmm. I mean, you know what lavender smells, so you get it and you hope it's right. But how much stuff is being sold just on the quality of the listing? You know, if you have a, let's go back to the soap. You have a bar of soap or you have a bar of soap. It's being held in a hand. Oh, now I know how big it is. And someone's using it in a picture. Oh, look, it looks like it lathers really well. Oh, wow. Look, she's having a great time in the shower. I bet I'm going to have a great time with that. So, so you've answered their questions. Yeah. And, and the whole time they can't smell or touch it. How about uh, reviews? I mean, because uh, let's face it, on I Amazon, <laughs> I know, but it's the, it's the thing that drives the sales on Amazon, right? Mm -hmm. We all know that. That's the number one thing is, well, I can't say real reviews because I don't know how many are real reviews, but reviews, right. I mean, I think of my kids, my older son especially, they will not, I mean, we, we can't even go out to dinner without them looking at Yelp. I mean, I'm like, let's wow. just go to the restaurant. And I'm like, I, you know, he's like, oh, no, hold on. Let's go here. I'm like, really? I mean, they won't not make a decision without looking at that group think to see who's experienced it so they don't have to go through that again. And the same thing goes for purchasing. How's that mm -hmm. work on Jet? I know how Walmart works, but how's that work on Jet? Well, Jet doesn't really, they have reviews, but the reviews are solicited by Jet, which is honestly, and I hate, no one's going to want to hear me say this, is how Amazon should be doing it. Amazon should be saying, listen, if you want reviews, that's fine. Take your product. We're going to take one out of the, we're going to have you send one out of the warehouse to our review team and they're going to review it. Um, oh. Or we're going to make a population of 50, you know, 500 people that we've bonded and vetted. They're going to review your product. And these are the only ones that are going to count. You know, we'll so, have. So if I'm going to buy a bar of soap, let me make sure I understand this on Jet, those reviews are, are, people that are connected to jet in some way and into Jet's success so they they have a vested interest in being oh no 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 they're jet the people who work at jet are sending out they're just like amazon sends out a request for a review but you can't you know how you can do it and and encourage people to give you okay. reviews there's no means for that okay okay well i think i was saying the same thing i, I i'm yeah. just saying is that the people that jet is choosing they have a vested interest in the honesty because they really need to make sure that what they're selling is right and real mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. because they need that credibility so right hmm, that's what you're saying too okay all right so um that's how they do it oh interesting how how important is the review in your jet sales um i got a you know what i got a feeling I'm just thinking, uh, like I've never really thought of it that way before, and I probably should have, but I'm thinking that the, the experience you have as a buyer in Jet is so different um, than it is in Amazon because you're sort of like, it almost feels like um, a slot machine, right? You put, a, you, know, you put a dollar in, you spin the wheel, you push the button. Uh, you put another dollar and another dollar in and you're there for a while and it starts to feel sticky because, you know, you have this delusion that I've got so much money that I got to win. You know, the odds are coming like the odds are exactly the same every time you, you know, push the button. But you start to feel like, you know, you're in a progressive slot machine and I'm going to win. I'm going to win. I'm going to I got look, I got more of a discount if I put more stuff in. And I think that stickiness factor starts to play more of a role than maybe a review does. Hmm. But. 
that that's my guess because I just know by how many multi-unit um, purchases we have, it's like they're not looking at every one of these reviews. I mean, they might have looked at the first product, but after that, they're, well, they're just like they're just saying it's up to standard. Period. I don't have yeah. to look at it because it's up to standard. So it's a really a price-driven marketplace. Yeah, I was and it, price and sensitive. It's, and it's dynamic pricing, right? The more I buy, the more I save. Right. right. But I'm not. It's not the cheapest thing there. Like if I get a, you know, the soap maybe fourteen dollars and twelve dollars on Amazon, but by the time I'm done, it's thirteen fifty. Did I save any money? Not necessarily, but maybe in the whole purchase, I saved thirty dollars. So, so yeah. it's, it's the difference of going to a grocery store and there's the store brand versus the name brand and then going to Costco where it's only, and let's assume that they don't have their own, they're selling Tide liquid detergent, but you got to buy 68 gallons to get a good price, but that's it. I want Tide. I just want mm-hmm. the best price uh, versus a grocery store where I can have other things. Okay. Other so, choices, yeah. 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 Oh, interesting. So, all right. Co-merchant comes along. Um, I don't know how we got where we got to, but I love it. No, I think we got to a good place because I think, A, I think people need to understand that wholesale is a much bigger, broader opportunity. Um, yeah. Absolutely is. And when you start thinking about it creatively like you are, again, I'm back to you in this variation. When you're looking at the variation of marketplaces for the variation of products, you've really diversified your business without going wide. You didn't have to go very wide. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not that deep, but you didn't have to go so wide. To me, that's a very powerful thing, yet you still uh, want to be out in different places. So so thinking about where Jed is going, thinking about where Walmart is, new sellers that are selling on Amazon are saying, hmm, you know, if I'm an RA seller, these probably, you know, can I sell my RA toys on Walmart? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I, technically speaking, and I think if you read any... Um, you have to have the rights to that product to sell it, right? So let's assume that you got it. Let's assume you got it. Right, yeah, Yeah. right. And and let's assume you got it and you're selling them. So that's a viable channel to do that. Um, But if you're really developing a brand or what you described is your own variation of someone else's brand, you're saying that these are the places you really need to go because as of today, it's Amazon, eBay, Walmart, and Jet. Mm-hmm. Fair. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. I, because I, I, I see some people who who are on many different channels. So I, I tell the story. It's the truth. Go search New Egg, and you'll see sneakers there. And I'm like, <laughs> what? There's nobody going. When's the last time you thought, oh man, I got to buy my computer. Oh, and let me get a pair of Reeboks. No, that's not happening. Um, that is not. But if happening. you have electronics, it's a great niche site. It's right? the place to go. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. All right. And so that's really the place um, that you need to think about. So Commerchant's role in this is what? So we are a relisting service. So basically, you've done the work in Amazon, and we're going to help you leverage that into Jet and Walmart. We're in, currently developing. We just finished uh, uh, shipping, in-app shipping, um, and now we're moving on to eBay. So you'll be able to, and, and ultimately, we're going to... Uh, turn it a little bit when we do eBay so that you'll be able to actually put your listing in at the top. So you'll say, I have the sneakers, they're white, they're Nike, they're size seven. Um, these are all the pertinent details. And then we'll be able to, um, either we'll take that out of your Amazon listing or we'll, you can put that in, you know, just in your database 
And then we'll say, okay, now we're going to translate that into eBay. We're going to translate that into Walmart. We're going to translate that to the Jet. Um, if it was something that wasn't on Amazon, we'll ultimately translate that into Amazon as well. And then you manage your inventory for them from the top. But the idea being that um, the work output that you have to do is not repeated. It's minimized, simplified, and super easy. We even even if you don't want to do the amount of work, you know, the minimal amount of work that you need to do to relist, we even have VAs that for a small monthly fee will do the whole thing for you. So you're saying, hey, these these twelve things that you need to do are the same on all these other channels in one form or another. We mm -hmm. have created a path that converts this from this word, this English to Spanish, and from right. Spa to French, and all the different things. So you basically have said this is the path that they need to go out into these other places, and we can eliminate those steps for you, Steve. Okay. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. what your service is. Is it monthly service? Is it a? Is because some of the uh, uh, some of the uh, I don't want to use their names, but some of those um, companies that do similar things like that, they charge you based on sales, based on uh, uh, orders and things like that. How's yours work? Uh, we're a monthly service. Um, and the flat fees fee? Flat fee. Um, well, it depends. I mean, I shouldn't say flat fee. For It's based on the amount of live SKUs. So if you were an RA and you had a bunch of empty SKUs, we're not going to charge you for those. But if they have inventory um, uh, and quote-unquote are live, then that's where it goes. So you have 150 SKUs um, in Amazon that you want to put on Jet and Walmart. Um, it would be $39 for the first marketplace and $29 for the second. Um, we do not charge a percent of revenue because we absolutely, totally don't think um, a percent of revenue is an okay option. Um, if I'm sitting there saying to you, yeah, you sell shoes, you know, did you realize that you have these six SKUs that together would make a great bundle and will dynamically make that into a bundle and this is a recommendation? Then maybe you want to give me a little percent of revenue because I've actually sold something that you didn't already develop. But, um, you know, we were talking to somebody the other day about doing some advertising and they were $2,000 a month. Well, I started choking on that. And then uh, one and a half percent of the revenue from everything they sold. I was like, front and back? That wow. doesn't seem right. That seems like you should get a. You either go all in with me and say percent of revenue, or um, just charge me for your service. Well, because it doesn't make sense. One thing never made sense to me. It's like so your pair of shoes that sells for two hundred dollars. It's the same amount of work for that merchant company that it is for a $10 pen, right? The, mm -hmm. the technical side, right? It's, right. It's, you know, it's still a transaction. It's still a picture. It's still, that doesn't change based on the price. So why should the fee? I mean, if your fees are related to the service that you're providing, that really doesn't matter what the price. I could be selling million-dollar Porsches. Um, right. It shouldn't matter, right? Doesn't, right. Yeah, interesting. Okay. All right, so if someone was interested, so it's comerchant.com. Is that the mm -hmm. website? Yes. Okay, yes. so comerchant.com. Yeah. Uh, and the reason somebody needs to add this, I'm going to let you do your, I mean, you did a good job explaining what you are. So go ahead and make mm -hmm. your pitch. Uh, okay. as I, it, you know, it's funny. I, somebody just commented about that. They're like, Steve, you let somebody uh, make a pitch and it doesn't sound like you're selling something. I'm not selling something. I like Barbara. I obviously she's got a lot of information, a lot of value. And so she gets paid for services that she offers. That's fair to me. I mean, to me, that's a fair. So you earned the right to be able to do that because you advanced us all in knowledge. To me, that's quid pro quo. I'm cool with that. Yeah. So go ahead. Okay. So um, I think the number one reason I would advise anyone to uh, get um, into Jet, into Walmart is because you want to diversify. 
you don't want to be, I mean, I was explaining, someone was asking me the other day, or I was on a post in uh, one of the um, Facebook groups, like, why do I feel like I, I, I have a face, uh, like a house of cards here with Amazon, whether mm. I'm selling 500,000 or 5 million still feels like a house of cards to me. And, you know, ultimately the answer is because you only have one customer, Amazon. Yeah. Those other people aren't your customers, A. And B, the moment Amazon, the store Amazon decides that you no longer have an account with them, you're done. So, yeah, it is kind of a house of cards if you've only got one customer. You need to have two customers, three customers, four customers. You need to start developing beyond um, maybe even e-commerce if you're a private label or a wholesaler where you can start building out even more channels to sell in. Um, I, I think a lot of us in the e-commerce world think uh, Amazon is the be-all, end-all and don't think past today or, or past even tomorrow. They're just like, well, I'll just sell more stuff. I'll go find more stuff. And it's like, no, you need to diversify and you need to have a backup plan for your backup plan because, um, you know, as I learned getting suspended, it was like, whoa, that yeah. was shocking. Right. Um, and you had no, I mean, no knowledge it was going to happen. It just happens. And then you have to try to dig your way out. So again, I love the term you used earlier, variations. I mean, I'm taking that away. It's variations of products and variations of sales channels. Those mm -hmm. two things combined. I mean, I can't do this math, but it's it's true. I mean, very few SKUs, but with variations and then variations of places to sell it, all of a sudden it's a lot of stuff to sell. Right. I mean, it really is. And you don't have to go out there and find a lot of other things. But then, like you say, let's add another variation of a vendor to that mix. And now all of a sudden it multiplies it again and again. So I love it. Okay. Best way for somebody to get in touch with you if they have further questions. Um, if you go to uh, comerchant.com, we have um, uh, ask me more um, and contact me. Be happy to do that. Uh, just send me an email. Okay. Very cool. All right. Last thing. I like to help people get unstuck because you've been stuck. You know, you make it sound like this is easy. It isn't. You, it hasn't been easy, right? I'm sure there's mm -hmm. just a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. But think about when you were stuck, when that point, when you didn't think you could get past it. What did you do or what would you advise people to help them get past that point of stuck. Okay, so that would be, I think the most stuck I ever was, and my husband actually said, I don't think I've ever been worried about you until now, was when I got suspended. And I was uh, in a fetal position for probably a good two, three days, wondering how I'm going to get unstuck, as you say. And I, I started compartmentalizing. There's things I could do and there's things I couldn't do. I couldn't turn my Amazon account back on, but you know what? I always wanted time to stop. And there's a lot of stuff in here that needs to be sorted and cleaned up. So I did a little cleaning and I thought, you know what, how, let's say all this go, all this stuckness goes away. What am I going to do? What's my plan? What's my strategy? How do I have this stuck point or the sticking point rather? Um, and once it's unstuck, how am I going to make sure I don't have it again? Like, what is my you know, I was in strategy and planning and I was selling on Amazon with no strategy or plan. I was just like, Whoa, this is fun. I go shopping every day. It's, this is, this is great. And the reality was I wasn't thinking past today. And I would say to everyone right now, before you do get stuck again, or even if you are stuck, compartmentalize, put the stuck in one place and say, that doesn't exist. What am I going to do? Because you will get stuck. You will have problems. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is the world. It will change tomorrow. The business we're in today will change tomorrow outside of your Absolutely. control. Absolutely. You know, Bezos never calls me and says, Steve, 
what do you think we should do? Yeah, I've never gotten that call. I'm waiting, but he never calls mm-hmm. me. And he never calls and asks me if it's okay if he does something I, he knows I'm not going to like. It's yeah, so annoying. he never does. Barbara, that is awesome. Man, oh, man, uh, it is great to see you. Uh, we missed each other in Vegas, even though we were at the same event. Two different <laughs> events, and we missed each other. But it's that's the part of the beauty of it. There's so much going on. That's why this business is so exciting and so much fun. You're still having fun, I hope. Oh, this is, uh, I, I tell you, I, I say it all the time. The best thing that ever happened to me when I was, was when I got suspended because it opened up, you know, just having that huge challenge opened up new worlds and vistas to me that I never would have otherwise encountered. And it's great. I love and, it. And it probably made you realize you can do so much more too. So very cool. All right. Well, I wish you nothing but success. Thank you so much. Thank you. Great interview, very strong, very strong individual, Um, knows her business, knows her business well, takes her corporate uh, experience and applies it into our business very, very well and a real leader out there. And uh, I think it's great. Uh, Co-merchant, I mean, if that interests you, I don't benefit in any way possible other than you. If this works for you, you have success, I win. And I just love it. Um, love to hear if somebody's having some success with it. Send me a note. EcommerceMomentum.com. EcommerceMomentum.com. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Ecommerce Momentum Podcast. All the links mentioned today can be found at EcommerceMomentum.com under this episode number. Please remember to subscribe and like us on iTunes.